Hello and welcome to Behind the Streamer, where we take a look at the smaller side of Twitch and learn a bit about what it's like to make content as a hobby, as well as the people behind the streams themselves. Today, we are joined by our special guest, Smashing A. Smashing, hello. How are you, Ryan? I'm great today. How you doing, man? I'm doing really, really good, man. So, Thanks for having me. Oh, do it anytime, all day. We're, uh, we're going to begin by touching on the, the content that you make, just to kind of familiarize ourselves with what you're doing. Then we're going to jump into some more personal questions, and then at the end we're going to jump back into some more Twitch-specific questions uh, to give people a little insight into that. So, first question, to your comfort level, what is your name? Uh, most people call me Smash. Uh, obviously, I go by Smashing A, uh, but my real name is Dom, like Dominic. Dominic. That's, it's very fitting. I like that. Um, Thank you. So, in general, what do you stream? What kind of content would you say you make? So, uh, and I didn't even know the word for it until like uh, a year ago, a year and a half ago, honestly, <clears throat> but a variety streamer. I do typically something different most days, flavor of the week, flavor of the month type thing, but I have a couple of stalwarts on my schedule, the minimum schedule I maintain, but variety and largely community-driven games. Okay, community-driven games. Uh, give me an example on that. So it's Halloween, October. Uh, so right now, doing a lot of Left 4 Dead. Oh. Doing a lot of. We have a, a Minecraft survival server. Uh, we have. Uh, last night, we were doing Unfortunate Spaceman, which is an awesome free game that's like first person among us. Uh, I'm making plans to do a, a fully casted playthrough of Doki Doki Literature Club at some point in the near future. Ooh, so that'll yeah, be good. Like, right? Like we did it once with I Love You, Colonel Sanders, which was probably the best experience of my life. Uh, but that aside, I, I just, for the most part, they're multiplayer games. I'm playing with, with friends uh, and with viewers uh, and just the community at large. Okay, so you said you're hosting a Minecraft server. We'll get to that here in a little bit. I actually have some questions for that. But you did say you're playing Left 4 Dead. How come not Back for Blood? So I got Back for Blood, and I actually did a... I, I had a two-hour window this past Tuesday to play it. And I say two-hour window because it was coincidental. My wife, uh, I didn't get to start streaming until about 8 o'clock. And uh, she wanted to watch the new Chucky show that was on at 10. So I had a two-hour window, plus at Steam's uh, return period. So I got the game, and it's it's the fabled follow-up to Left 4 Dead. And I was the biggest fan of Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 back in the day, uh, to age myself a little bit. <laughs> um, and playing it, it's, it's a good game. It's just not a Left 4 Dead sequel. It's, it's a different feel. Mm, so yeah. it's also a game, yeah, and I don't... Just playing it as I have thus far, I don't want to go on with randos. I'm a little bit spoiled by the community streaming thing. I'm a little bit spoiled by some of the bot dynamics in Left 4 Dead, which are horrible but tolerable in many ways. So uh, I'm, I'm looking for a full party before I start playing Back for Blood. And a $60 price tag, it's, it's tough to say, hey, you guys should get this game so we can play it with a high seasonal bias and then probably not touch it for six months. Well, I'm not trying to influence your content here, but they it is on... Uh game pass which is like the five dollar month subscription from xbox and on pc yes which is something i wish i had been aware of before <laughs> dropping 60 bucks on it yeah yes <laughs> uh, no I, I totally get that and i've heard similar criticisms about back for blood where it's just it didn't hit the mark that left for dead hit and then everyone who was fans of it wanted to so you know left for dead's still there the servers are still running so no reason really to play it right yeah, well, I'd like to play both. I'd like to play both. Mm -hmm. Like I say, it's just, it's just. I think its biggest setback was building itself as a spiritual successor because it's just, it's, it's, it's a different experience, and it's, it's fine. It's a good experience, but if you're going into it looking for Left 4 Dead three, it's not that. So that's the only problem. 
Okay. Well, that's cool that you have a lot of community-focused games and whatnot. Um, so that's just a little bit. Do you have anything more about the generalization of your stream you want to touch on right now? Because we're going to get into some more uh, specifics later. Yeah, just knowing we'll get into the, the kind of the more granularity of it. Uh, no, just a, okay. uh, I would say just a variety streamer who likes to play with people. Awesome. Okay, so let's get into the, some little personal questions here right now. Regarding your personal history, I have this categorized. What kind of area, like what area did you grow up in? So I've been in the suburbs all my life. I live about 20 minutes east of Philadelphia in South Jersey. Uh, I, I love the area, believe it or not. There's a lot of things not to like about Philadelphia. There's a lot of things not to like about <laughs> New Jersey. But I, I honestly, there's, there's nowhere I'd rather be. I just like this area. Mm -hmm. I get hot summers, cold winters. I'm close to New York, close to Philly, close to D.C., close to the shore. And I, I, just, I just like the area. I just like where I am. Okay, you said you've you were born there and you just stuck around. I just stuck around. I've had opportunities to you know move out to Chicago, down to Florida, down out to California. I've I've visited these places, but you know I, I always find myself at the end of the day like I I miss the Philly feel. I miss it. So you know, yeah. it, ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I'm you know I'm from Flint in Michigan and everything, and I, I feel the same way. Where it's you, it's your hometown. You're kind of attached to it. I feel that right. And, and I, I am biased towards the food here. I really am. And I, I will fight anyone from New York who says a New York slice is better than tomato pie. It's just not true. What's, what's a tomato pie? Tomato pie, it, it's, it's Philadelphia's namesake pizza. Namesake pizza. I have a trademark pizza. It's like a thick, I think like Sicilian style with thick crust. Uh, and it's just basically like this tangy, savory tomato sauce. And then maybe a sprinkling of Parmesan. But it's really it's 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 not for those of you guys who are all like our cheese fanatics. It's not about the cheese. It's about the 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 marriage of the savory tangy sauce and the crust. I love it. I could I would I will house an entire tomato pie without question myself. And it irritates everyone in my life because like all I ever want is tomato pie. I would, like, I would why would you get that? I would love this. I I am not a cheese fan when it comes to pizza. I always prefer like light cheese extra sauce sort of sort of dealio i don't normally order it that way but if that's just how they make it you know that's how it's you, smacking you, you can't order it because if you're ordering a pizza with someone else they're like dude why'd you ruin the pizza yeah no, exactly i didn't ruin it i, didn't ruin it. I made exactly. it better trust me <laughs> all right so i knew you were a man of culture <laughs> oh of course yeah no it's sauce is what makes the pizza good the che cheese is optional that's an american thing i swear yeah, che cheese is fine cheese is fine but yeah it's, it's high in calories man you, you want to be healthier cut out the cheese i'm just saying yeah good for you. that's pri my primary goal with eating is health um <laughs> <laughs> okay uh let's let's uh get on to the next question here i have how was your household structure growing up with your parents and all that and uh do you think that had any influence on where you're at in life right now which we will get into here in a second but yeah uh i'd have to say yeah I i'm lucky um my parents are together they were together my whole life i'm the oldest of three my brother's one year behind me. My sister is five years younger than me. Uh, but growing up, my, my dad was very successful when we were kids. Uh, he had his own business. We, you know, I never realized when I was a kid, but we had, we, we were the ones that people wanted to be. Uh, but my dad, unfortunately, due to a series of events, uh, wound up losing his business. So by the time I started to realize, maybe around six, seven, uh, once I started to realize what we had, uh, it was gone. And so 
my parents, my, my dad was, was my, my dad worked, my mom didn't. So basically it was my mom taking care of the three of us and my dad who was working 50, 60 hours a week, keeping us in relative wealth was now working 56 hours a week, 50 to 60 hours a week, uh, kind of just getting by as he had to restart his career. Uh, and then as I got to high school, um, he started to see success again. And as I was, I was exiting high school, he was getting back to where he was, but, uh, I, I was the oldest, so I was a little bit of the experiment with my parents, and and it, you kind of <laughs> reach that realization at some point in your life that your parents are just people too. So I think they oftentimes will say, like, "Oh, we, you know, we should have done this." Like, no, you did great. You did what you thought you had to do. I don't agree with everything you did, but I agree with why you did it. You know, I I watch out, try to watch out for my brother and sister a little bit. My sister idolized my brother for years. Now I'm a little closer with my sister than I was before. My brother and I have always been very, very close. We're very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, but I think that being the oldest and kind of having this this a chance to watch my parents have great affluence and then enjoy that lifestyle and then the other side of things and then building this back up, I think it kind of gave me an appreciation because even when things were bad, my parents never let us feel that. You know, we never we didn't go on vacations. We didn't go out to dinner. But there was always Christmas. There was always birthdays. You know, my parents always provided for us. And I, I grew up respecting them a great deal for that and, and really admiring uh, what they did. And it's been one of those things that uh, even today, like I, I regard my parents as, as kind of idols of mine because they did things that I think are just, just impressive. They, they did things that were beyond themselves in order to make sure that we had the life that we want. Or the life, the life they wanted for us, I should say. Okay, and they always supported okay. us. So, yeah, I, I would say... I would say, yeah. I'd, I appreciate you asking that because I didn't really verbalize that. Not even to them. So, shame on me. But, well, yeah. That's honestly, like, a really well-thought-out answer. I thought you'd maybe been thinking about this or, or something, to be honest. That's a, it's a humbled answer, in my opinion, as well. It doesn't feel like you don't appreciate the things that you had. Which is, is super important in, in today's society where people take I, everything for granted. I've been very fortunate. I've been very fortunate. It, it's, it's important to recognize that. And I think, um, in my opinion, recognizing that and not only it, not not like boasting about it, but using the advantages you've had. Um, and we'll, we'll get into a, you know, like your career here in a minute. But in my opinion, you've done well. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, uh, anything else on that? that topic real quick no i'm actually getting a little emotional thinking about it uh, <laughs> well we have, a, we have a lighter-hearted topic here um <laughs> real quick which is did you have any pets growing up we did uh we had we tried to get dogs my dad was always afraid of dogs he was he was attacked by a dog when he was a kid so he never was fond of dogs we tried Fair twice reason. yeah uh we tried twice we had a golden retriever that my parents had named amaretto <laughs> uh, we, we just, I right, but then, then, I didn't even realize it was an alcohol until I was like <laughs> a teenager too. It was like, oh, that's, and it was it was funny because eventually we couldn't keep Amaretto anymore. We gave Amaretto to my to my grandmother, and eventually to uh, <clears throat> went to my mom's oldest sister, uh, my aunt, and they changed Amaretto's name to Amber, and it always irritated my parents because she was a golden golden retriever. Uh, we also had a German Shepherd later on. We named Sheba. And we named her Sheba because my mom had a gold, uh, German Shepherd when she was a kid named Sheba. But Sheba was a big dog, and we got her as a puppy, and she grew quickly. And it was overwhelming for my brother and me, who were still small, 
so eventually uh, we had to rehome Sheba as well. Uh, it's just my, my dad wasn't able to take that proactive role uh, with the dog. And it, it just it just it wasn't working. And Sheba wasn't going to have the life that she would have deserved uh, with us if she stayed with us. It was heartbreaking to my brother and me. Uh, my sister was too young to kind of have the wherewithal for it. Uh, but yeah, it was the right decision, but it, it sucked. We had fish after that, and I don't want fish anymore because <laughs> we had koi, and we'd keep them all in this big fish tank. And then one day we got home from school, and there we had those we had the algae suckers on the side, and we had two giant koi that were named Fred and Wilma. And uh, Fred had started to swallow one of the algae suckers whole, and it took literally all day for the fish's tail to disappear into Fred's mouth. It was, it oh was my graphic. God. It was horrible. And my parents made the decision, okay, I think we're done with, with Fred and Wilma after that. So, uh, it's just, we, we, yeah, it was, it was dark. It was dark. So we had, we had a freshwater Creek in our backyard and my dad set Fred and Wilma free in the Creek after that, <laughs> because like, all right, I think we're done with pets. That's, that's probably why we, we my, my, my wife and I got a dog. She's always liked dogs. I never got to have a dog. So we got, we got, old, we got Jack now. He's a, annoying little chihuahua terrier mix and he's loud and obnoxious oh, and we love him that's two annoying breeds shoved together <laughs> oh yeah no it, it, and the best part is that the vet thinks he's a jack russell because he acts and looks like a jack russell mm -hmm. so he's just he's just everything you don't want in a dog but <laughs> he is he's a he's a loving caring boy so like even like I'll, i will stare at him sometimes like you make my life miserable but i would jump in front of a car for you <laughs> oh that, that's awesome um fish are easily the worst pets i like i don't know why people have fish they smell they like, they, they don't, they they don't do it you can't pet them they you the best best part about my cat is like he's fluffy and i touch him and i go ooh fluff but <laughs> that's a distinct advantage yeah fish aren't fluffy. if fish is fluffy something's gone terribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's moldy and dead yeah, you don't want that fish. That's a bad fish to have. No, can't even eat it anymore. It's you can well you probably you can, but probably just the once. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the last meal. So. Yeah, probably not enjoyable. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, let's see. Let's move on to the personal current section. So more more about what you're up to right now. Outside of Twitch, do you have any hobbies? So I am a little bit of, so I had this conversation with, with another friend recently, and I'm really very much an introvert, believe it or not, in my IRL. Uh, so I am totally cool just chilling out and watching movies on the couch, you know, binging a show. I like going, like, we, we have a, a lot of wineries in South Jersey, so you can go get a wine okay. tasting for like 15, 20 bucks. I'll go to the wine tastings with the wife. Uh, you know, normal stuff, like, you know, mini golfing, all that stuff. Uh, Recently, I've really taken to cooking. I, I, I started trying to lose weight back in March. I fortunately had a lot of success with that. And I really enjoy cooking these days. So I've, I got to make a beef wellington for the first time a couple of weeks ago. I've, I've never had it. I wanted the first one I ever had to be one I made. Uh, How was very it? Good. It was a little salty. We, we probably oversalted the mushroom duck cell. Uh, but we made it from scratch, which felt awesome. So oh, everything from scratch, yeah. top to bottom. Uh, it's I've awesome. been making like, like cheesecakes and things like that. Uh, no secret to anyone who's watched the stream before. I'm a big fan of whiskeys, not just drinking it, but actually I have an appreciation for like, for discerning like the flavors and profiles and, and, and 
all of that with, with various whiskeys. So I like to try new things, rye, scotch, Irish, even Canadian, which I feel gross saying, but Canadian whiskeys can be pretty good. <laughs> uh, and of course, my favorite bourbon. And I'm, I'm a big fan of watches, timepieces, like wristwatches. Uh, I do have a collection. Uh, I typically pick up a new piece maybe once every couple of years. Uh, I have some really awesome pieces that were uh, handed down to me from my, my grandfather, who I never met, and my father. And I have some pieces I got for myself, uh, just kind of like I had my eyes on them. So, you know, every every couple of years, I'll pick one up. You know, I got this one a couple a couple months back, actually earlier this year, I think around January. And I only got it because it was a really good price. Uh, but probably this time around 2022, I'll start to look for another one. Like, all right, all right it's time to, time to scratch <laughs> the itch. Uh, and then I like cars. You know, I'm not I'm not like a big motorhead. Like I couldn't tell you about engine displacement or torque, but I have an appreciation for kind of the innovation in cars where they can put technology into them. Like like Tesla, I think is amazing. Like oh, I, yeah. I drove a Model Three, it's incredible. The the like, things they do is insane. It's insane. Like I, but I, it's not for me. Like I drove, like nah, it's not for me. Not for me. That's fine. But you could, uh, but you acknowledge, like. Oh yeah, just it's, how it's incredible that technology is, and, and it's next level. And I, th- I think that once you know, once you get charging down to like five, ten minutes, it's it's prime time. I mean, good goodbye internal combustion, unless it's like, <laughs> unless sure. you're looking at like like pickup or not pickup, like semi trucks and such, because you know, there's there's a whole science behind you know the horsepower need and, and energy usage. Like I'm, I'm not I'm not a physicist. I'm not. I can't even spell physics, so. But yeah, that that would be kind of my hobbies. I, like you know, and I guess you say stereotypical guy stuff. I like whiskey and watches and cars, <laughs> and I, well, I also like to bake and cook. Obviously, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, mixing hobbies and whatnot. Cooking is honestly so fun, and I I sincerely believe that stuff tastes better when you make it yourself, even if it's the same ingredients or worse as something else just it's really it's really true the feeling of accomplishment adds to the flavor for some reason it's like it's it's a whole other element plus like i'm I'm just noticing it's a lot easier to eat healthy when you know what you're putting into it it's true you know that is very true yeah i can moderate what i'm putting into like holy cow like i can make this taste good and i don't need an entire stick of butter that's crazy (laughs) i mean i'm gonna eat butter on the side because i'm classy but you know, I'll put a bib on, fork and knife. Well, it's like I, I just made bread for the first time recently, like handmade dough. It didn't come out great, but it also didn't have a cup of sugar in it, which half of the bread you get at the store here in America will. So right, like, people don't realize that like a lot of like you buy a loaf of bread, especially like white bread, it's it's basically a confectionery. Oh yeah, oh for sure. It's so good. It's, there's like, it's I don't get America's so bad with adding sugar to everything. I know. I mean, I grew up on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on white bread, man. It's good. Okay, um, hey, let's dive into your career here a little bit. You work as a fill-in-the-blank. So uh, I am, my technical title is Private Client Investment Consultant. I work, uh, I, I work basically as a, as a financial consultant, financial advisor type role. So I'm, I'm fully series licensed uh, in, in the world of investments. That's Series 7, 66, 9, and 10. Uh, explain what that means real quick. I absolutely will. So Series 7 is basically a general securities uh representative it means i'm allowed to sell investments i'm allowed to buy investments for clients for investors like stocks stocks bonds mutual funds things things like that series 66 is about the regulation of it uh kind of reinforces that you can make recommendations on these things and it's a familiarity with state law and then a series 910 is uh it's a set of two exams that allow you to be a general security supervisor so basically i can i can supervise other people 
uh, doing what I do. I've never used those licenses in a practical sense, but I have them. And then uh, I'm a certified financial planner, CFP. That means uh, you need to have uh, at least four years of, and I believe it's four years of industry experience. You need to have uh, a four-year degree. I'm sorry, four-year degree, 1,000 hours of experience. And then you need to pass, uh, it's typically about a year and a half to two years worth of coursework. Uh, but you get the letters on your name and you, you basically function a fiduciary standard. Fiduciary means that whenever I speak to a client, I, I have to give them the recommendation that is the most uh, most appropriately in their best interest above anything else. So for example, I can't, I can't tell a client to buy something that would be beneficial to them and to me. Uh, I have to disclose, hey, this is going to be more beneficial to me if you buy this. You should only buy to make sense for you. So I, I have to do things in the best interest of the person I'm making the suggestion to. Uh, and in my role, uh, basically, I work with the with the high and ultra high net worth investors in the greater Philadelphia area. Uh, and my job is basically their needs and make sure that I'm putting the tools of my firm at their disposal, keep them happy, keep them wanting to do business with us. Hmm. That is that's a lot of big fancy words all in a row. <laughs> Um, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So uh, as someone who's not really familiar with the industry at all, that sounds like a lot of responsibility uh, to, to handle as, as one man. Do, it, do, you, do you feel that way? Yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah. So I transitioned. So I was a senior financial consultant uh, starting last fiscal quarter. I accepted a new position in July. And so in my old role, I, I was responsible for the custody of an, about an $800 million book of assets. In the new role, I'm responsible for about a $2.1 billion book of assets. So for the duration of last quarter, a lot of people ask, like, like Smash, you're really busy. Like, what, what's, where were you at? Like, I was responsible for about $3 billion in assets last quarter. So I was working my tail off to make sure that I didn't drop the ball. And, and sometimes it's very, like, sometimes it's the easiest job in the world. Sometimes it's great. People calling, like, hey, can you help me with this? What's this? What do you think about this? Sometimes it's awful. You know, like, yeah, yeah clients who pass away you have clients who who get divorced they have dire straits and sometimes people just don't like you they just don't like you or or sometimes moving money away from you is the right decision for them and all you can say is like sheesh well hey you're making the right call if you ever need a second opinion or change you have a change of heart please keep my number uh in mind uh so it, it, it's stressful but it's it's something i do thoroughly enjoy doing and it it feels good being able to help people uh, speaking of that, actually, that was going to be my next point is just from knowing you personally, I think I can say that you love your job and it, it, it comes off pretty clear when you talk about it, but have you ever worked a job that you really hated? Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, give, yeah. give a good example uh, <laughs> of that. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you three examples. Uh, the one I hated the most, I hated this job more than any other job waiting tables back in high school and college uh it's, Service, I think it's a job yep. everyone should have at some point everyone should work food retail at some point uh i hated it i hated the variability of it i hated that i i it's feast or famine i hated the fact that i i can't rely on the income i hated the weird hours my brother and sister loved it a lot of people love it and they embrace it I'm like this is great like me i hated it the second i had the chance to get out i got out and I never looked back uh, <laughs> good idea the first two jobs when i got my degree and got into this field i hated uh the first one i was trying to build a book of clients by walking door to door uh, that was how the firm instructed me to do it and Yikes. yeah that doesn't work in new jersey because i'm not sure that works anywhere but 
Well, where the firm is based, which is Missouri, uh, people are a lot friendlier in the Midwest oh. as a whole. Not 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 everyone, but on the whole, it, it's perceived that people are a lot friendlier in the Midwest. Where in New Jersey, uh, they're not. Case in point, I'm not. But uh, <laughs> but I'm just I'm just thinking like if a dude knocked on my door and said, "Hey." Can I handle your money? I'd be like, you're crazy. Get off my property. Exactly. Who is <laughs> going just to give weird. A... And that's what I was coming up. So, and it was the cold. It was the winter of 2010. I had this. Re... I loved my car after college. I was driving a. It was a baby Mustang, but a V6 Mustang. I loved my car. And it was the coldest winter in in years. And we had a bunch of snow. So I had to abandon my car three times. Oof. I got bitten by a dog. I got a ticket on foot. I, um, it was a miserable experience, and I would go to doors and, like, cut my hand and try to thaw my lips before, Hi, my name is... My name is... And they would just shut the door, and then you'd see, you'd see the person, like, staring through the curtains, like, Is he gone yet? Do we have to call the cops? Uh, that was miserable. I resigned that job on April 1st of 2011, and I gave myself a month to find a job before I uh, went back to waiting tables. Uh, luckily, I did find a job. I worked for another large financial services firm. Uh, it was a miserable place to work. If you if you ever seen Boiler Room or if you've ever seen like like these old gritty stockbroker movies where you got a, guy, a bunch of guys sitting in a cube, and they weren't doing anything unethical. This was an excellent firm. They taught me an immense amount about how to do the right thing for the client. But the work environment was just so unfortunate, and it was it's not even the company itself. I think it was just the management structure we had at the time. But there was about a 70-80% annual turnover from my role. So by the time I left, I'd left about two years and three months into it, I had seniority on top of seniority. Uh, and it was just, it would, I, I tell everyone, if they want to break into my field, go work for this outfit. Uh, they, they, you will hate your life, but you will learn so much, and they will teach you the right way. So I hated those two jobs, and I'm, I found the company I'm with now, and I've been there ever since, and I've, I've loved it. I've, I've, been, I've been head over heels for it. That's awesome. It's it's always good to hear it work out after a bunch of what sounds like nonsense to start out. Yeah, I, I, it would be a situation where I would literally I would get knots in my stomach and sense of dread going to work, and I've I've never had that ever since. And it's just it's a very good feeling to get away from that when you feel when you feel that horrible horrible foreboding mm -hmm. shadow looming over you, and then you get to enjoy what you do. It's like wow, night and day. Yeah, I, I've definitely felt that going into work in the past, and it's, yeah, it, it really, it doesn't just affect your work life, it affects your everything. Everything, everything, it yeah. saps all the joy from your life. Mm-hmm. I remember, because I used to work at Applebee's, and I remember that's that's where I would feel that, just everything yeah. about it sucked. And I remember my dad, uh, after I quit it, uh, like a couple months later, maybe maybe half a year later, my dad was like, yeah, you were a different person back then. You, you were madder all the time, you know, exhausted. And it's like, I didn't feel it or notice it at the time, but you can really feel the change once you break out of that cycle. Oh, my God. You absolutely do. And I, I even celebrated in a very un-New Jersey way when I left uh, I left the, the job I had previous to this one. Uh, I went to Denny's because no one would go to Denny's with me because we live in New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey has a diner. We have diners and Wawa's every five minutes. No one's going to go to a Denny's in New Jersey. But there was a Denny's, and I hadn't been there in years. I'm like, I'm going to go to Denny's. And I sat down. I had myself like an omelet at like 2 p.m. Like, I get why people don't go to Denny's. <laughs> but I ate my omelet happily, and then I looked around and wondered when the last time they cleaned the place was. I'm like, 
I get why no one came with me, but that's fine. <laughs> I quit my job today, and I feel pretty good. Ugh, that's pretty good. Um, okay, so you are married. Is that correct? Yeah, I am. Okay, how, uh, how did you meet your wife and uh, anything else you want to talk about in there? I know I'm not going to reveal any information. Obviously Her name for, is Mary. For privacy reasons, I, but... That's okay. Her name is Mary. Uh, our sixth anniversary is going to be on November 14th. Uh, so coming up. Wait, whoa. And I'm sorry to cut you off. That November 14th? Yeah. That's my birthday. It's your birthday. I that's knew it was pretty a good cool. day. Yeah, it's a, it's a great day. Nine days exactly <laughs> after Valentine's Day. Exactly. Or nine months. Nine months exactly after Valentine's Day. Uh, I was going to go with nine days. Like, no, I don't no, know, no, I don't no, know no, no. Maybe that sounds good. Okay, I'm sorry. Go, go back in. This is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we met. I, I refine this as, or define this as we met on the grossest, least savory dating site of all. We were both on eHarmony. We were both on like Match.com. We were both on OkCupid. <laughs> we, we, we never had any luck. And then I'm on Plenty of Fish. I was on Plenty of Fish. I had a friend make a profile for me <laughs> way back in the day. And I'd never gotten a single date, not a single date off Plenty of Fish. And then I saw her picture. And it was it's obviously a very pretty girl. And she's just leaning up against like a, a fence at uh, the boardwalk. It's like, when nothing else works, try online dating. It's like, wow. And I sent her a message. like, you're way too young to be this cynical. What's going on? And she responds. We meet up uh, our first date at the Cheesecake Factory because we were, were super classy people like that. Uh, I like Cheesecake Factory, though, so I'm not going to rip it too I've much. I've never been to one. There's not one around here. It's, it's, it's an indulgence. It, it is. Like, it, it's, it's like greasy. I've heard it's, it's good. Not greasy. Yeah. It's like fatty, sweet food, but it, it's, it's fun. Oh. But we go there for our first date, and she says, like, it, it's the classic online dating thing. Like, she says, oh, I, I get, like, I'll have, like, 200 messages, and they yeah. all want to talk about how I look in, my, in those pants I have in that picture. It's like, that's, I get that. That's gross. She says, how many people did, did how many people responded or messaged you? I said, oh, I'm a guy. So, none. None. I'll send, I'll send 20 or 30 messages and maybe get a response. Mm-hmm. And she it's, said, well, why do you so bad. It's horrible. <laughs> and she said, and like, I, I think I'm a decent looking dude. I think I'm charming, but yeah, I got, I get one. And she says, oh, so I'm just the one that responded. I said, no, you were the one that was interesting because I was sincerely curious. Why are you so cynical? And we just hit it off. We, we were almost inseparable for the next couple of months. And uh, I wound up, uh, that was in, or actually around this time of year, it was uh, late August, early September was our first date. I wound up proposing to her by February, and I proposed to her where we live now, because I bought uh, the condo we live in on short sale. It was in horrible shape, and I was asking for her opinions on what we should do with rebuilding the kitchen. And she wouldn't give me an answer, because she said, well, it's your place, not mine. So I brought her here, and she was nasty the whole day. And there's a reason I'm telling you that. Got her up here. <laughs> I asked for her to look at the kitchen, and as she turned around, I got on one knee, and I pulled out the ring, and I proposed to her. And she's like, oh, my God, I didn't get you anything. It's like, you're not supposed to. Just say yes. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, can I tell my mom? Like, what's your answer? She says, yes, yes. And then she says, I was so mean to you. You didn't have to do this. I'm like, okay, I know you were mean, but I, you're having a bad day. I get it. And the rest is history. We were, you know, we were engaged in february we got married in november of that year and you know we've had our ups and downs marriage isn't easy but it's it's been a good run and i'm looking forward to the rest of our lives Dude, that that's that's a that's a beautiful story what uh what year was that just i think i missed it uh we were married in 2015 okay uh, and i yeah so we we met in 2014 it's a quick turnaround, but it clearly worked out quick. it clearly worked out very well for you i mean you guys still seem happy and i know she 
It's been a minute since I've been around your stream, but uh, I know in the past she's been on stream during like little yeah, Jackbox events. Yeah, she's been on a little more, uh, a little bit more frequently recently. She wants to play more games like Pico Park. She wants to. I, th- I think she wants to take part a little bit more because she's. I think she's catching the bug a little bit. Not not too much, but it'll get it'll get it'll get anybody. Yeah, the the yeah. attention, especially for some people, once once chat starts to when the first time they come in and chat gets really excited, they're like, "Ooh, I like this." People are happy, right? But you got yeah. you got to be able to love love pain a little bit to stream too. Oh, for yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, you don't have any children. We do not. I have a I have a lovely niece and nephew. Sophia is she just turned two, and Lucas is turning five in January. And it's you know I'm, I'm the oldest. I got the question. You know when are we going to have grandkids from our mm-hmm. oldest? And I said I don't know. It just it, it's got to feel like the right time. It doesn't feel right yet. You know my Mary's still she's still working on a nursing degree, and you know we 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 don't take preventative measures, but we don't act on it either. So it just becomes a matter of. You know, it'll happen when it happens, but we don't have designs on it, and we don't have designs on not doing it. So it's a big question mark. That's that's not a bad way to do it. Definitely, if you think you're able to, not uh, not preventing it, that's a fine answer. If you don't think you can, you should go out of your way to prevent it for sure. If you yeah, don't, yeah. if you don't think you want kids, yeah, it's never fair to raise a child under a parent who never wanted one in the first place. Yeah, so we're we're not looking for accidents, but we're not looking to prevent accidents either. So it's like if it happens, it happens. But if it doesn't, like she's younger than I am. She's five years younger than I am. So it's one of those things where I'm I don't want to push her with it, but I don't want to uh I don't want to be lazy affair about it either. So <laughs> we don't we don't have any designs on it, but we don't have any designs not to do it either. So very ambiguous. Okay, so um well I personally can't wait until there's little smashes running around Aww. in the background. Aww. So you already talked about your Terrier Chihuahua combo, Jack. But do you have a dream exotic pet that you would, it, out, outside of any cash restraints or, like, accommodating them, what pet would you want? Something fancy. Fox. Don't just say, don't just say dog. I'm sorry. Nah, I've, always, I've always liked foxes, which I know is a diet cold answer when you say don't say dog. I never even wanted a dog before we had a dog. Uh, <laughs> Maybe subconscious idea, but I always I always liked foxes. I foxes always when I was a cool. kid, foxes were interesting animals to me. I, I I my Google search history will include domesticated foxes occasionally. <laughs> uh you know, I you know, I don't need anything fancy. I'm not a huge animal guy. Like my wife loves the zoo. I'm like, okay, zoo. Neat. Cool. <laughs> uh but like, like a fox. If I had if I could have regardless of circumstance and regardless of resources, like a fox. I think it'd be pretty cool. No, that's that's a good choice. I've known a couple of people that have had foxes either at the time or in the past, and uh, they they take a lot of work. But you know, if you can do it, they're great pets. They're just, they're from what I've heard, they're the best parts of a cat and a dog put together. If I if if resources were not limited, I'd, hi- I'd hire a fox handler, and we'd have a fox <laughs> and fox handler. Dude, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Well, one day maybe resources won't be limited. Just just take the two billion dollar account. It's... You oh, it's not, a, it's not a single account. It's just a number of accounts that can ruin my day at any given time. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's dive into what you've got coming up here soon. You told me right before we did this, and I added this on as the last second, that you are planning a trip to Mexico. What's, what's that about? So uh, it's been an exciting year. My wife uh, 
she is not an American-born citizen. She was brought here as a kid. So she's, uh, she was up until recently what was referred to as a dreamer, a DACA recipient. And basically what that means is if you came to the country uh, without inspection, uh, without a visa or, or not by, say, we'll, we'll say extra legal means, then you had no path to citizenship, even if you were married to a U.S. citizen. So uh, we had to go through a, a several years long process, worked with our attorney, worked with the State Department to get her uh, basically a status called advanced parole, where she'd be able to, I'm sorry, not advanced parole, that's what we tried to get, we failed, had to get a spousal exception to be able to get her to leave the country and get permission to re-enter, even though, based on current law, she would not be able to do so legally. The, the way the law is written, if you, leave, if you leave the country after being here for X amount of time, you're barred from re-entry for 10 years, no matter what. So there's, an, there's a spousal exception oh, for that. Wow. We were able to get that filed. And earlier this year, she was able to go to Mexico, get her visa, and she is now a green card resident. So this will be the first trip we are taking to Mexico because uh, her cousins who were up here a couple years ago, uh, one of them is getting married. So they've invited this down. And my wife's birthday is November 7th. Mine is November 9th. And because we showed them a great deal of hospitality last time they were up here, they want to sh- uh, throw us a birthday party. And they want to have just basically, basically a week-long party going into the cousin's wedding. So that, uh, the, that sounds incredible. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it, it, it's cool. So I, I'm a little overwhelmed. I, I speak uh, really no Spanish. I, I would say, uh, you know, you hablo, uh, hablo, uh, hablo solo poco español, and that's not even the right grammar. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, so, I don't think so, but I'm also not an know, expert either. I'm pretty sure it's not the right grammar, but that's okay. Uh, my wife's fluently bilingual, so we'll go with that. Uh, but yeah, we're we're planning to fly out November sixth. Come back November, I think fifteenth. So we're going to span both of our birthdays and our anniversary and Ryan's birthday in Mexico. Hey. And I'm, I'm going to probably eat my body weight in mole and tacos and all sorts of good stuff because it's going to be a week-long party time. I won't lie. I'm anxious about it for a lot of different reasons, but it should be a good time. It, honestly, I'm jealous. That, that sounds incredibly fun. Especially, I, you and your wife's birthday is only two days apart. Yeah. And I got the same birthday as my dad, too. So it's like we really stacked it out in November. Dude, I, I got the same birthday as my grandpa. So it's like we're just all in there. Everybody's around. Exactly. And actually, just to add to this more, because we got it. Well, my best friend's birthday is November 25th, and he has a twin brother, so they have the same birthday. So there's, there's just so just much. Saying, good, November's a big, good, big month. Good things happen in November. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, the, it's a very common month. I actually met, this is just an aside, I met a girl who was born on the same day as me, November 14th, same year, born in the same hospital. We were born like four hours apart in the same uh, hospital. That was very strange. That is very strange. I feel like that's a very uncommon meeting. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine so. That's pretty cool, though. She was way less interested in that than I was. I was like, what? The same hospital? And she's like, yeah, I guess. I was like, okay, you're boring. We've met. We've been (laughs) in the same place before. Uh, I thought it was really neat, but... Um, so sometimes culture is uh, lost on the, on the <laughs> feeble-minded. It can be. It can be. So, uh, this. Oh, right, right. Okay. I say I didn't actually write out a good question here. I have like two words. In the future, <laughs> do you see yourself still in the same career, or do you plan to make some sort of major changes? Man, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I didn't. I, I plan to be in this role for five years, uh, and I'm now here for eight years plus. So. I just okay. I'm just happy where I am. So I, I I was this close last year to going off and doing my own thing, but circumstances changed at the last minute that prevented that. So 
I always keep an ear to the ground, but there's no immediate plans, and I've I've kind of seen success by making the most of circumstances at hand. So I it might be counterintuitive, but I really I don't plan that far ahead. I just kind of if I see opportunity, I try to jump on it, and if I don't, then I just put my head down and keep pushing through. Well, you, I mean, you're in a pretty good spot right now, from what you said, and I am. It, it, if I'm, if you don't need to change, it's like it's like an ain't, ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing, right? Yeah, I, I'll get I'll get job offers from like Philadelphia, but like even now, it's like well, I I can work from home whenever I want, and my office is five minutes away, and I and they'll offer me they'll offer me something generous. I'll say, well, I I'm gonna make more than that, and I don't have to pay a city <laughs> wage tax or get on a train every morning or yeah. drive 25 minutes with tolls. Like I, it's not it's not compelling. So like I, I might have trapped myself in an overly favorable circumstance, but that's a pretty good place to be trapped, I think. No, it it, it's, it doesn't feel trapped. It's it's like it uh, Rorschach from. Have you, have you seen Watchmen? Yeah. Yeah, the part you're not trapped in here with me, or I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with you're me. That's in here how it, with me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I, I look at myself in the mirror every day. And I'm trapped in here with you. <laughs> and and if I look in the rear view, I'm trapped. Like I do that, and, and I'm just weird, so I will do that. So I will I will monologue to myself in the car sometimes, or I'll I'll shut my office door and I'll monologue to myself for a while. And if someone comes by, I act like I'm on the phone. Like yeah. But your earpiece is over there. Shut up, Mike! You know, that, that has happened. So, I don't have anything uh, left in these sections more about the personal thing. Did you have anything else you wanted to add on before we move into Twitch specifics and more about your channel and, and your, uh, your community? Uh, no, I, I, I'm ready to talk about the channel a little bit. Okay, I'm, I'm excited for this section because there's one particular question in here, which is uh, kind of where this idea for the podcast started in the first place that is going to be my favorite question every time but we'll get there here in a second so first question which starts out as a statement you've been streaming for several years now but you've only gained a bit of traction around april of 2020 at that point you had about 90 followers and you uh, accumulated over the past year or accumulated over the past year prior to that but during the following year you've grown tenfold or more and it hasn't slowed down so uh, talk a little bit about that, how you felt before then, what you think might have changed, any of your thoughts on that. I had myself on mute for a second there because Jack started barking. Hopefully he's <laughs> got it out of his system now. And really glad you asked because I've always kind of regarded my, my journey on Twitch as a little different than a lot of, a lot of people I've met. I've, been, I've met a lot of really awesome people. Uh, I started streaming, I believe it was 2019 maybe 2018 i don't know it was, it's been a while it's been a while uh and i only started streaming because I, I was part of an overwatch group and there was it was rife with drama way more drama than it had to be and some of the members of the group had mentioned to me that oh oh smash you start streaming you'd be a lot of fun to watch like i don't know and i, I kind of shelved it for a while then eventually i, I figured I'd, I'd like to do something more creative I used to write music. I used to write like orchestral pieces and back in high school and college, it was an, a creative outlet of mine. And I really haven't been able to write anything for ages just because I didn't have inspiration to write something. So I thought this might be a good way to scratch a creative itch. And so I took my friends up on it and I asked them to kind of give me some feedback on the first few streams. Uh, and I just did it because it was fun. I didn't, I didn't know what a Twitch affiliate was. I didn't know how the emotes worked. I didn't watch anything on Twitch. It's like, all right, this seems to be low barriers to entry. I can do this. But I got to make my overlay, and I had a lot of fun building the overlays and, and getting that creative outlet there. 
and then it was during the pandemic. Uh, I was uh, we, we closed our offices fully on March 16th of 2020. And so I was suddenly working from home, which means not that my job got easier, but it got a lot more uh, compartmentalized and a lot more concentrated because I didn't have to take walk-in clients and I didn't have to do things in the office. I could just do my job and pretty much check out. Uh, and so I took advantage of the extra mental bandwidth and I started stepping up my streaming uh, content and I picked up Mario Maker, which was a, a magnetic game for mm -hmm. streamers. And I, I did, I think what a lot, of, a lot of streamers do is I went through my Mario Maker phase, but I'll go through phases with a lot of games. I did with GTA to a lesser extent. I've done it with uh, Sea of Thieves is the only one I consistently come back to. But I, I just started playing Mario Maker, and I found that I was suddenly getting raided by, I'd never been raided before. I was getting raided by people, and I was meeting people, and they wanted to, they wanted to see me play their levels. Like, okay, I'll play the levels. Uh, I, I played Mario Maker pretty religiously for maybe two, three months there before I started the burnout and started to limit it to a couple nights a week. Uh, and eventually, I, I, I went down to one day a week, and even then, I, I drew that down to about three hours a week. So I'll do my Mario Maker every Sunday at 5 Eastern. Because uh, that's about as much as I can play and not burn out of the game. Yep, I feel uh, that. Yeah, because I want it to be fun. I want to keep playing it. I just don't want it to not be fun. But I, w I was just overwhelmed by people kind of coming out of the woodwork. And like they just seemed to have the right frame of mind for what I wanted the channel to be. And it was up to that point, you know, we had the Discord, Team Voice Please, which, which I started to be kind of a platform that was in contrast to the original Overwatch group. The, the founder of that uh, Overwatch group was vehemently anti-stream and vehemently anti-outsider. And I had a falling out with her, and she exited the group, and I was part of another smaller group. And they were very supportive uh, for a little while. But Team Voice Police was designed to help the members of our group, you know, who wanted the stream, build up their streams, men around community events. That's why Team Voice Please to this day, you know, it goes through feast and famine, whether it's activity or not. Uh, but that's that's our discord. And I started that with the premise of, hey, blast your streaming out here. Blast your community events. This is about togetherness and, and building people up. Uh, and and suddenly Team Voice Please started blowing up with with people jumping into it that we had to put new moderation tactics in and the channel started blowing up. I had to bring on moderators, which I never needed before. So it, it was just nice, and there was this overwhelming sentiment of, I, I would say, community wholesomeness. It was something that, that even now, I, I just, I get, like, all wishy-washy thinking about it. Like, everyone was just so nice and supportive, and it was like, hey, we want to support it. We want to make sure everyone is building up. We never had problems with bullies. We never had problems with people who were overstepping. There, there were one-offs. But they were mostly relegated to the Discord because they just didn't know what boundaries were. And we were able to take care of those on the, on the sly with, with a couple of the admins and myself in the Discord. So it, it was mind-blowing the amount of growth we had seen between that, that, that April mark that you mentioned. And even, even by the stream anniversary, which was August, uh, to the end of the year, till now. Uh, mind-blowing I, I never went into uh, into streaming with designs on that i never i never conceived of being a twitch affiliate i never conceived of having a thousand plus followers or or having people who would wait for me to log on and it's something that i i honestly struggle with a little bit sometimes because i have to temper my own expectations with what i think people are coming to the channel for mm -hmm. and that it's 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 awesome. It's awesome. 
but it's also something that I've had to find kind of that that balancing act within my head to make sure that I can be completely happy with it. And so, I'm, I'm, I think I'm closer to that point today than I ever have been. What do you think people are coming to your channel for? I think that they embrace that I am a small streamer that engages heavily with chat and engages with the community at large. I, I th it's, to me, it's exceptionally flattering that people ask me if they can, they can collab with me, if, I, if, they can, if they can get my feedback on things. Uh, it, it, they would like to hear my opinions on these things. Not that I'm an authority, but because what I'd like the channel to be is a hub of an extension of what the Discord was started as. It, it's meant to be, let's build each other up. It's like there's enough toxicity, there's enough badness out there where everyone is a professional in their own world. And, and you know, I read a whole wiki article, so I know enough to make you cry. <laughs> and that's there's too much of that. Yeah. So I love the idea that, man, I got opinions. But the fact that we've been able to, without explicitly saying, avoid political turmoil and religious turmoil and and all of this stuff, it's that's what I want the channel to be. I want it to be a place where people can come to hang out, to feel like they're part of the community, to feel like they belong, that it's... I don't want to use the, the term safe space because it's not designed to be a safe space. I just think places like this should be safe. But it, I was asked, it kind oh, of fell there by default in a way, right? Yeah. like I was asked a question recently, and I, I was afraid I was going to offend someone with it. And we have, you know, we have a, a lot of members of the community who are LGBTQ. And they're awesome. And someone asked me why I don't put LGBTQ friendly in my stream tags. And I say, please don't judge me for this answer. But because I feel like if I do that, I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. I'm, I'm what you want, a cis white male, mm -hmm. a cis white hetero male. I don't know what my, I don't know what my things are, but that's what I am. That'd be right. And yeah, that sounds right. I think. I don't know. I'm, I'm me. But I say, if, if I put that in there, I'm, I'm not designing this to be a safe space for anyone. I'm not designing this to be something that's meant to be like, hey, this isn't meant to be the place where everyone's supposed to go to to just to make sure that they have their identity protected. And it's not meant to not be that. The fact of the matter is places, every place should be that. I feel like if I put that tag on my stream, I'm telling people, you should watch me because I'm this. And I don't want you to watch me because I'm this. I'm just going to be that because that's the way I think people should be. I'm not going to broadcast this to me. That's, that's me looking for low-hanging fruit. I don't want to do that. I'd rather you come and make an assessment for yourself. Hey, does he talk the talk and walk the walk? Or is he just going to be like, you know, is he just looking for, for that, that easy follow and looking to build, that self, build himself up like that? And I, I was afraid of that answer. And the person who asked, who was LGBTQ, said, that's a great answer. You know, and that's, to me, that, that nailed it. I, I did it. I did what I wanted to do. <laughs> People come because they like being there because they feel like it's a place where they can amass and have a voice and be a value member of the community. And that's to me, that's, that's it. That's it. That's all I want. No, it, it's funny. Actually, I was asked that question once before when I was streaming as well. And I gave almost the exact same answer. Like the core of it was just, I don't think it's necessary because everyone's accepted here by default like that's, that's, that's it that's yeah that's it i'm I, I i was making the case that everyone is unique but we don't have to point out the fact that everyone's unique for everyone to be unique we have to normalize uniqueness we have to normalize the fact that everyone's going to be different and once you do that you can create harmony 
And obviously, uh, any any given channel is is a microcosm. It's not going to be representative mm-hmm. of, of the world at large. But at least for this slice of the universe that I get to have some creative control over, I, I want to carve that out. And I felt great that the answer was well-received. And I felt great that it came across the way I wanted it to come across. Because sometimes it's, it's, it's a dangerous topic to yeah. discuss sometimes, especially... For sure. When you when you come from a place of privilege, it's, it's, it's a dangerous topic to discuss because you say the wrong thing. And whether or not that's what your sentiment is, you've said it. You can't unring a bell. Um, well, let's let us dive out of dangerous territory. And it's <laughs> just a political cli- climate today is uh, it's a little yikes sometimes. But of course, yeah. you know, neither of us mean any harm or, or anything like that. So. Um, so you host a community Minecraft server that I believe is open to anybody who's willing to ask for it. It is. Yes. Okay. So we started this a while back. Uh, it was largely inactive for a long time. But uh, again, I go through the flavor of the month. Like I'll get in a Minecraft mood. So I'm like, well, I've got this server. Let's get this thing firing on all cylinders. So we got uh, a great member of the community I met through, uh, through Wildebeest Place. Uh, it's the Goop. And she took over admin roles for a, a good length of time. And she got the thing all built up. And it was wonderful we had probably 20 30 active players building this quote-unquote city it just felt great but i insisted on it being like a vanilla minecraft server because i think you know we'll start with that Mm -hmm. um we've had renewed interest in the minecraft uh server so i uh, and, and goop had other obligations and other things on her plate so she stepped back from the admin role i brought in uh nubs for life he's one of my uh one of my mods and i brought in plantasia who is just been a friend of mine on on, cha- on channel and on or uh, on the channel online for quite some time now, and I brought them in as admins, and we designed kind of a new survival Minecraft server for Halloween, and it's been very well received. Uh, and like I said, anyone's able to join. We just like it's the same screening process. We just want to make sure we don't have randoms jumping in because mm-hmm. it is a place for our people. And I, out of bias, I do trust members of our community more than I trust anyone on the web. So if you're willing to take the two steps it takes to get into the server, you have carte blanche. You can do anything you want in there. Uh, That all being said, the new changes have been very well received. And I think what we'll probably do is going forward is throw out the community and try to keep this evolving on a regular basis. We might do uh, one month on a theme, one month back to vanilla, let people kind of get the creative juices out, one month to a theme, one month back. So that's what I probably want to build out to eventually. Uh, but right now, I'm just enjoying the, the the new version of the server we have up right now. It's it's, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, that, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome, especially that people are going. I I did try to do a Minecraft server at one point, but I did it super modded. It's it's too much of a gateway for most people. So you're doing the right way, where it's easy access. People can just jump in. They know Minecraft. They know the baseline, and then they can just hang out. I think that's that's the smart way to do it, especially with the Halloween theme I- right now. I hope so, man. Right now, Nubs is the MVP. He's he put together the mod pack. He put together. He's he's running the 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 lion's share of the of the back end server like control. Like Nubs is the MVP. Like I even I even named. We have a procedurally generated city in the server right now, and I've named it Nub City just for that reason. Because like <laughs> I don't think that anyone's gonna remember that because I mentioned like once on one stream. But like that's in my head. It's Nub City because the, the the dude deserves all the kudos for it okay do, do you have any like major highlight stories that came out of that like any major events or any funny things you want to talk about hey jack uh from the <laughs> minecraft stuff jack, uh, jack cameo uh, i don't feel like going to picking him up that's fine, that's fine. Off the side of the camera there. <laughs> uh 
off of the Minecraft, there's always been there's always these one-off things like T Tropic constantly is blowing stuff up. We had uh, we had our own kind of like detective work going. We had one person in there who was stealing stuff. Uh, nothing too inflammatory. I find the most the most incredible things, and this is why I enjoy playing with the community so much. The most incredible things happen at random. Like I've I've tried to do scripted things in the past. I've tried to do like YouTube and such, and it's to me. It's exhausting because I set a standard for it that I'll never be able to attain. And it, it it becomes unsavory to me at that point. But when you introduce other players, you introduce new people, you know, the, the, the classic dynamic on, on my channel would be Sea of Thieves with one step down prop and myself. It's me trying to maintain some kind of bloodthirst normalcy. It's prop cool head cool as a cucumber maintaining a clear head and then it's step blowing something up and <laughs> me trying to compensate for that and prop behind the scenes fixing what she did like she's she knows what she's doing she's not being she's not being a wrecking ball there's a control to what she's doing but you add other people in and you're adding this whole new dynamic and this whole new flavor and that to me is the most addicting thing in the world so I'm trying to think of the Minecraft. I, there was a bunch of little things like T-Tropic trapping himself under my porch on the house I built. And me just was like, okay, well, so you live there now. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just build you. Okay, you good? All right. Just built or around there was, I didn't have to build around him. He was building himself in. Like, he's just, I live down here now. Okay. <laughs> we filled Clueless Cat's house with dirt as punishment one time just because we could. Uh, uh, Neko and Ace building this this Japanese-inspired pagoda spa and hotel on the hill. Goop having Goop Corp versus Hammer Corp. So Goop and I were building competing monolithic structures. So it was just, it's just things like that. Uh, and as far as any other games go, it's like, I, I love the dynamics that come out of these certain games. Like the Iron Curse. You know, when Iron Sight shows up, things blow up and things break and <laughs> things glitch out. Or the fact that I got drunk and in World War Z... I did a perfect flick shot and nailed Bubby in the head with a shotgun. Uh, and then I was drunk enough that I didn't even realize I did it. It's like, you ran in my way. It's like, he did not run in my way. I watched the VOD after. He did not run in my way. I definitely flick shot at him. MLG strats took him out. So uh, that's what I, I think stands out to me most is it's just those little one-offs where you get, you get enough recipe, enough ingredients in the stew and something spectacular happens. Awesome. Um, so mo moving on real quick. It's uh, it's been an hour. Holy crap! Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's perfectly fine. There's only a couple questions left, and it's it's perfectly fine because I know you're excited about the next topic. The next question I have for you is: Well, money generated by your channel is all donated to charity. Um, I know there's several things to dive in here first, but like my first question is: What made you decide that in the first place so i i mentioned i had never had any designs on being a twitch streamer or being an affiliate rather mm -hmm. so when i became affiliated and realized i'd start to get payouts from the channel it's like i don't i don't want it i don't i don't need it i don't want it of, of course i signed up because i'm ambitious i still want the channel to succeed and do well but i decided I, I'm, I'm fortunate you know and in 2019 when I became an affiliate was financially my worst year in years. Uh, but for me, it was, I didn't think we'd be making enough off the channel to, to move the needle for our circumstances. 
And I decided at that point that I would rather do something good with it instead of just kind of patting my own pocket. If, if it's not going to change my life, then let me do something that can have an impact. And it also gave me the ability to turn this hobby into something bigger than myself. If I was doing this as a revenue stream, if I saw this as a way to make money, then I think I would, I would have increased pressure. I wouldn't enjoy it as much. It would become something of a job. And I never wanted this to be a job. I never wanted this to be work. I wanted it to be something I enjoy doing for the sake of doing it. And knowing that when the channel kicks off revenue, that we're giving that to a good cause, kind of keeps the candle lit. It's like, all right, like we got a, we got a, a Twitch payout two days ago. It's like, this, that's awesome. I can, I'm going to put that directly to charity. Uh, right now, it's the Cancer Research Institute. It was last year as well. That seems to be the favorite charity of the channel. And it, it, like I said, it just gives a sense of renewed purpose, and it, it, keeps, it keeps me coming back. I, I think a lot of streamers don't go for three-plus years, especially when growth only happens on the tail end of things like it has for me. Um, but this has definitely helped keep me in the game. Uh, it's a good reason, uh, in my opinion. But uh, what, well, how do you choose the charities? So I don't. Uh, the first time that we uh, reached, when we reached affiliate status, I had, I think, five subscribers at the time. So I asked each of my five subs, uh, give me a charity that means the most to you. And one of the subs said, well, you should use Charity Navigator. It will help pick out the strong charities from maybe weaker ones. So at that point in time, we had five charities chosen. I think it was the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention was the one that wound up winning. Red Cross, I think it was, uh, there was an Animal Humane Society one. There was, there was, I don't remember what they were. Shame on me. I have a clip somewhere with the, with the choices there. But I basically chose what the subs had asked me to choose. And then I put a poll up on the channel. And it was before the Twitch polls, where they would actually run polls in real time. But this was a... This was an add-on I used for, so if the, the entire month of August, I said, you guys, you come to the channel, you vote, you don't have to use points to uh, vote, you just, you vote once per day, and it was, it was a lockout, 24 hours after a vote, and you choose the charity that means the most to you, and that charity will win, and uh, all the channel revenue will go to that charity until, until I say so. And, and you, you recycle it once a year now? Yes. So as the channel was growing and growing and growing, like you said, in April of last year, the channel started to pop off. And we went from 90 viewer, 90 followers to I think we were at 289, 290 by the time the stream anniversary came around, which was August 8th of last year. So I thought, OK, well, we have a different we have a different landscape than we did. So let's throw it out again. So everything's going to go to charity. But I decided to do the you decide exclamation point you decide campaign. So I sent a message to my subs at this point. They were, I think. They were like 50 subs, maybe 60 subs. I sent a mass message. Guys, send me the charities that mean the most to you. And I got a number of selections back. I coagulated them as best I could, concentrated them as best I could. And then for the next month, I said, guys, followers, use your channel points to vote. And what I did is whatever we raised in that month was split evenly, uh, not evenly, split proportion between those five charities. So every one of those charities got something with the winner taking all of it between... Uh, at the end of the campaign, which wound up being the end of September, I think, and August 8th of this year. And that was the Cancer Research Institute. And so we just rinsed, lathered, repeat this year. Uh, so right now we've got, I think there were there are a total of nine charities that we have sent money to. Uh, and the total is, I just checked this before this interview, 
$6,297.19. For the last, oh, for overall. Overall. Uh, in last, that, I think that's last significant. Year, yeah, it's a chunk of change. Yeah. I mean, we've never, we've never done a charity stream. We've never done like a sub drive or subathon, a bits drive. This is just our regular content. It's passive. I huh? do, I do, I do match. So I, I changed my policies on this too. I match gifted subs because I said, in my opinion, so act, an act of generosity begets generosity. I match donations because I think that's incredible that you would donate one to the channel. And then recently, I've made the decision to match bits as well because again. I think from a streamer standpoint, the most the most generous thing you can do to this for the streamer is to give them the bits because I think Twitch or Amazon takes the least part of that. So I match those three uh, going forward. I started matching the bits uh, with this You Decide campaign. But yeah, the channel last year as a whole, I think raised about four thousand dollars. So you, you get you've gotten about two thousand dollars this year. Or wait, that's the four thousand is since last year. So I'm I'm only I run the numbers through between August to August. That would be my my okay okay calendar year, which is you know just the way I do it. I, I, um, I got you. The, so the last one was the be, the biggest one for sure. Right. So the last yeah. we did four about four thousand dollars to charity in the last in, in the twelve month span from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one August to August. Uh, we had done it was incredible. We did uh not not quite four thousand like thirty eight hundred. 3700 uh the first affiliate payout by the by the anniversary last year we had done about a thousand dollars and that was with a generous anonymous donation on behalf of the channel to saint jude's and because that donation that all the merch sales on the channel forever there's a five dollar markup on everything but all merch sales till the end of time from the channel will go to saint jude children's research hospital oh that's i didn't know that yeah, so so anytime someone buys a coffee mug or buys a shirt, or we have we have the the whiskey tumblers uh, through a through a third party Lone Star Etch. Anytime someone buys those, the markup goes directly to St. Jude's, and that is all because the anonymous donor uh, messaged me with the receipt, said, "Hey, this is on behalf of the community. I just the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is great. Just St. Jude's means more to me, and I wanted to give in the same spirit as as you guys. So this is on behalf of the community. It's like." That's incredible. So because of that donation, I said all merch sales forever are going to go to St. Jude's. And that person remained anonymous even to you? No. So I know who that person is. Right. But they asked yeah. me, yeah, they, yeah, they for asked sure. me to, uh, to keep that privacy. I, I was just, just curious if you happen to know, but that, that is still super awesome that they wouldn't want the publicity or anything like that. So it, it's yeah, a they, fair they, chance they, that, that that person still sticks around in the community. and you know, That person is still around. Oh, that's what's up and, um cool so i mean that's that's significant in my opinion you know I, this this uh just the whole charity thing in general and i and the fact that you match it too like you don't have to do that obviously everyone can tell you 10 times over you don't have to do that but yeah but i, I want to make sure that i have skin in the game with it as well so like i, like mm -hmm. I said the, the the subs i don't i don't match regular subs i don't match the prime subs but you know i am fortunate and it it's you know it's something I said before. I'm, I'm very fortunate, and I am blessed. And it's if it's 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 not as it's not as big a deal to do that when when you when you have nice things and you are <laughs> blessed. So like like I would feel like it, it's what's what's the framework I'm looking for here? It would feel artificial to me. It would feel it wouldn't feel right to me to take the money I've raised from the channel and just give that to the chair to charity because like okay, well you know. 
I'm not making anything, but I'm not losing anything. Like, no, I'm going to put my skin in the game and I'm going to match this because if you guys are going to be generous like that, then I'm going to be generous with you. Like we are a community. Yeah. We are. It's about what we're doing together. And I can't just give up the portion I would receive to that. That doesn't feel right to me. So that's why I match it in that respect, because now we're all in this together. Yeah, and then some people might even try to, to twist it as like you're just doing it to, to you know, get the brownie points and whatnot. Uh, if you weren't matching, right? Like if you were just donating. I So that was something I and we'll maybe discuss this one another time. But like I had a bad experience with a, a portion of my community that accused me of a lot of things right around the stream anniversary last year. And that was kind of one of the things that they accused me of, of uh, not 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 financially speaking. But they accused me a lot of privilege and accused me a lot of of a tone deafness. And I won't I won't say that there aren't things I'm not tone deaf to. Like obviously I'm I'm a human being. I'm not perfect. I'm gonna get things wrong sometimes. But that kind of solidified with me, like, you know what? Kinda F you, man. That's not that's not right. That's not where I'm coming from. So that's something I do take very seriously. It's one of the only kind of triggers I have on stream. Where if someone says, Oh, are you really giving it to charity? It's like, yes, I'm giving it to charity. And I've mm -hmm. I've saved every receipt. Okay, and you can go, you can look up Cancer Research Institute. If you look up the Smashing Grounds, you are going to see the donations that I've made to that. I, I, yeah, I was just going to say, have you had to provide proof to anybody? I have not, fortunately. No one, has, no one has asked me for it. Nobody's uh, shoulder checked you that hard. Yeah, they've, I've had people like make jokes about it, but no one's, right. I'm fortunate no one's questioned me on it. But like I said, I, I think I told you and, and Crad Radium a while back, like I'm saving the receipts. I know someone's going to ask me at some point, it, it, but I want to make sure. It's reasonable to do, and especially with the, the amount that you've gotten to, I don't, it's hard to say if someone would be in the wrong for checking you on it at a certain point. I, you know, it depends on if they're ju just checking you just to see if you're honorable or if they're just, you know, doing the due diligence. Like, is this guy, you well, know? Yeah, there's an accountability, and if I'm sitting up there mm -hmm. saying, hey, I'm the variety charity streamer, guys, and then like, oh, well, shit, he's not really giving anything to charity. Like, no. So, yeah, I've got... The channel has not produced $6,297.19. That's what the community, including myself, has given to charity. Right. I don't know what the what the actual breakdown is. I would imagine that's probably, you know, probably a third of that. A third to, I don't know, four-ninths of that is probably my matching it. But at the same time, it's we're all in this together. That's the idea. We are all in this together. Okay, um, anything else on the charity thing? Because we just got two little filler questions here for the end to wrap up your fun little interview. No, man, I I, I just uh, want to thank you for bringing that up and asking about that. I, I purposely didn't mention it early on because I don't, you know, I, I typically even on stream, I try to mention the charity thing at the end of a raid, uh, at the end of a stream, if I'm going to mention it, because I don't want people following mm -hmm. just the charity. I want them to follow, and I want them to be part of the community because they want to be there. I don't want them to feel like it's the moral obligation. It's what they have to do to support. It's like I, I don't want to be well. Follow him. He's the charity guy. No, I want you to. I want you to have fun here, and then follow. And happen, you, you happen to have the peace of mind that any channel, any money that the channel raises goes to a good cause you know I, I i just like what i was saying with the lgbtq thing it's it's you should be here because it's right for you to be here and the benefits are are cursory to that if that makes sense mm -hmm. for sure so here's our first little outro small question um I guess it's, it's not small i guess this is how you want to frame it but as a small streamer what would you say is the biggest hurdle you've overcome either like say a small daily hurdle 
or maybe a, a major event? Um, two part answer. The first part is I mentioned this to you at some point uh, earlier as well. Uh, stats. I'm competitive. I'm like I'm like a lot of people. I think if you want yeah. to be effective at what you do, you have to be competitive to a certain extent, and I think you have to be on top of it. And even though I'm not looking to make streaming a career, I've said on stream I will I will never leave my job. I don't intend to leave my job. even as the channel blows up. I'm not going to leave my job to do this. Um, but it's uh, the stats and. For a while, I didn't care. And then the channel started to blow up. It started to do great. I cared immensely. And I started streaming more than I should have. And I started being more involved than I should have. Not with the community, but with the stats themselves. And when things were good, it was a high. It was an adrenaline rush. And when things were not good, it was demoralizing. And it felt like oh, yeah. it's, it's devastating. Where and if I, I can have a good stream with a lot of people in chat, a lot of people enjoying and following, and if it's not quite to spec, then it's still demoralizing. So the biggest struggle for me is getting back to why I'm doing it. And why I'm doing it is because I want to have fun. I'm doing this for the creative outlet, I'm doing this for the fun. And as long as I keep that in mind, everything else works. But I I have found myself dreaming about streaming. I found myself <laughs> yep, been stressed there. about yeah, stressed about what it's what I'm gonna do, what I, what game I should be playing, and the fact of the matter is, I just have to kind of center myself. And my wife's great at this. Like she says, just stop caring, just do what you do. People aren't tuning in to watch you play X, Y, or Z. They're they're tuning in because you're having fun, and mm -hmm. it's so much more believable to be having fun than to pretend you're having fun. So I. I not to rip on the guy. I used to love Markiplier. But one of the reasons I stopped watching Markiplier is I just didn't believe he was having fun anymore. Actually, that's true. I saw in an interview one time where he said he only plays video games for videos and he doesn't actually have fun with them anymore. So it's like... It's, I, you could, me, but you could feel it. You could feel it you for real. You can feel it. Like, and that's, yeah. that's why I kind of do things... I, I like Mario Maker, but if I play more than that, I'm going to burn out for it. And I, I, I mm -hmm. want to keep that part alive. But even now, like, I've got my Mario Sundays, and I'm thinking I'm making changes to those after the Halloween season because, like, I need to keep it fresh. And it's, it's no longer engaging for me the way it once was. Uh, and the other side was, uh, like, like I said, last year, uh, especially when you're a small streamer and you've got core parts of your community, they can, they can build you up and they can devastate you. And uh, the small part of my community that I had a, uh, a falling out with devastated me. And what a lot of people didn't realize is when I'm I stream when my stream anniversary was going on, it was largely Living Prop and One Step Down who were keeping my head in the game because they knew the whole story and they had my back. And uh, I had a number of people from that community kind of try to cancel me. They tried to jump in, uh, snipe my streams a little bit, get people I was playing with to play other games to unfollow me. It didn't work, fortunately. I I, I surrounded myself with some good people who kind of saw through that and kind of were able to objectively make their own decisions. Uh, but it was, it was really hard because these are the people who helped build me up to that point. And I was part uh, from a, from a ego point of view, I was terrified that that was the beginning of the end of my streaming experience. And it wasn't, but I would say, you know, if I, not that you've asked for advice on this, but if anyone out there wants to stream, just embrace your core community, but embrace the reasons you're doing it. Embrace that, Ultimately, you can do good and you can make people happy, but you have to be making yourself happy while you're doing it. 
and that's what helped get me through it. I mean, that, that's it's it's unfortunate things come to that, but it's good that you didn't crash and burn. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, the end shouldn't be just one major event, especially when you were on such a roller coaster up anyway. But uh, you did kind of step on my last question, which is my favorite <laughs> question that I, I'm excited to ask everyone, which is just, uh, and it, I guess you didn't really step on it, but it's similar. Uh, what is one piece of advice you'd give to a streamer who can't break the zero to two viewer curse? Uh, remind yourself why you're doing it. If If you are looking to stream as part of a career, then it, it's going to be hard because it's not an easy thing to do. Streaming looks easy and done right. It looks seamless, but I can tell you point blank to anyone who's curious about it. There's not a single streamer I've spoken to. And I've spoken to a lot at this point who has not experienced turmoil and tumult and stress and sleeplessness and all sorts of negativity around it because you're pouring yourself out there. Mm -hmm. If you're making it as part of a career move, if you want to help supplement your income, a lot of people are. Don't get discouraged. And it's so easily said and so hard to do. But you might be there for a while. I was there for a while. You know, and, and Ryan, you, you might know better than I do at this point, because I can't remember when I started streaming. I think I've been streaming for three years now. But I had 90 viewers, 90 followers up until uh, April of last year. So if I'm streaming for three years, that means that I've had coming up on two years of actual success with it debatably and i was mm -hmm. streaming before i was affiliated too i was streaming for five four i think five six months before i was affiliated so me it was easy this isn't like i said it wasn't part of the revenue thing for me it was creative it was about having fun and sharing that fun with other people with 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 sometimes strangers and it sucks to get on stream it sucks to be putting your heart out there and you have you know one viewer two viewers and one of them is probably yourself like it's, it's it never stops <laughs> sucking yep. it never stops being rotten but play something you love to play or do something you love to do because if you're doing something you love or if you're playing something that you love then you know what, what's that what's that saying a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down it's just so much more rewarding i remember vividly cuphead i loved cuphead and that was one of the first games i streamed on stream all the way through and I don't think I broke like three, three viewers throughout my entire stream of that. And one of them was a lurker from that core community. And it was just one of those things where, you know what? I just enjoyed the hell out of playing Cuphead. No, so no matter how many people were there or weren't there, I just had fun. I just had fun doing it. And I was able to let go of that stress. And I think that's what you just, just make sure you're doing something you enjoy. Why would you want to do something that you don't enjoy? Whether it's work, whether it's streaming, you know, and, and streaming is, the foundation is fun. Video games, computer games, hot tubs, you know, <laughs> just, you have to have fun. And if you find you're not having fun with it, then you have to make a decision whether streaming is something that you want to do. And it's okay to not stream. I, I think that's something a lot of people struggle with is they expect a lot out of streaming. They see the big streamers just get up every day, play Call of Duty, and it's like nothing happened. But in my opinion, people need to temper their expectations a little lighter at times. I agree. Video games, you're, you're turning something that's a hobby into, by all accounts and measures, work. Mm -hmm. I've avoided doing that at every turn. The charity is not an entirely unselfish decision. Hi, Jack. 
never <laughs> uh, get hard here at this point but the charity's not an entirely unselfish decision it's i don't want it to be work it will never be work while i'm doing it for charity because i know it's it's doing something better than than what i would do for myself oh, what am i gonna do buy a pizza you know but if i can give if i can if i can help something in some small way just find your sense of purpose and find your sense of fulfillment with it. It, it, would, it will never matter if you've only got one or viewer or two viewers. As long as you're enjoying yourself, then what, who the hell else cares? Well, don't sell yourself short here. $6,000 in the last couple of years can buy a lot of pizzas. Can buy a lot of pizzas, but it wasn't always 6000 you know? That's At true. First, it, it, took me, it took me six months to earn my first Twitch payout. So, I mean, I, 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 thought, if, I thought if the channel made 100 bucks, I, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, you know, for, like, oh, this is amazing. For those who don't know, the Twitch payout's minimum a hundred bucks. So yeah. if, if you haven't earned that, you just get nothing, and they just hold your money like above your head, like like a horse with a carrot. You just can't touch it. It's just it's right there. It's right there. Mm -hmm. Come on, on your tiptoes. No, not that quite. <laughs> yep. They just pull it away. So the the fact that it took you six months to earn, I mean, it just shows how far you've come. Yeah, it, it's like now I I kind of see the emails like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I, I make the mention of my wife. She said, oh, does Mary get some? I said, uh, unless Mary's fighting to find a cure for cancer, no. Should pay her out for the time she shows up on stream. I actually did tell her that if she wanted to stream more, I will sublet. I will, if, if she gets subs, I will pay her. I, and that will be out of my pocket. I told her, if you get 30 subs in one night, what do we get from that? As a streamer, what do we get? 250 per sub? So, you know, you're, not you supposed to say, you're not supposed to say that. I'm not supposed to say it? Oh, well. I don't know what to yeah, say. What are they going to do? What are they gonna do? I'm a small streamer. They don't care about me. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I told her I'd pay you for it, but she's like, I don't know, I don't want. It's like, all right, well, then don't. You know, I, I have a viewer base for you. You can, if you want to earn part time, or you want to get paid off your husband, do go for it. I, I think you should, you should have her on just without announcing it one night by herself. It'd be hilarious. People would be shocked, just like it's it a one off. I actually built an overlay for her. Like I build all of my overlays custom. Like I, I'm not an artist, but I enjoy building the overlays. I've built one for her. It's ready to fire up anytime she wants to stream. She's just like, she can't even find the camera. Like oh. she'll sit here. It's like I don't know where the camera is. It's like it's in the middle of the ring light. It's a ring light right here. Look in the middle of the ring. If, if you do ever do that, send me a message so I make sure I can free up some time and watch it. Absolutely. Well, that, that'd be that'd be really fun to watch. Um. So before we wrap up here, anything else you wanted to touch on? Any any topics we missed? You were excited to talk about? Man, this has been uh, far more comprehensive than I thought it would be, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it, man. Thank you for having me. I, oh, I, I got nothing else on my plate. No, th well, I, I'm glad to hear that, but thank you so much for coming on and giving such nice and thought-out answers. and everything. I appreciate that it really felt like you sp spoke from the heart on most of this, so that, that's, that means a lot that you put... Uh some good thought into this so um, i'm sorry i ran it long for you man no I, I mean like i said i was aiming for 45 minutes but anything over that i guess is just you know it's free dessert right so maybe oh if it takes <laughs> off maybe part one then guys tune into the end of uh end of ryan's season for part two i don't know <laughs> so anyway thanks everybody for tuning in to behind the streamer uh we'll be back every other week with a different small streamer if you yourself are a streamer or you know somebody a friend or somebody you watch who wants to be interviewed we're gonna we're gonna be Doing a lot of these here coming up. I have a list of people already, so the we're we're not short for for interviews right now. So, thanks everybody for tuning in. Follow the stream, or uh, follow the uh, the podcast, and you can check out our guest today at Twitch.tv/smashinga. S M A S H I N G E H. It's right there on his shirt for viewers watching. He does have merchandise. Remember, everything goes to charity from his channel. Thanks again, Smash. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks so much, Ryan.